Hebrews chapter 8, if you want to turn there, even before you're seated. I just want to read, uh, starting in verse 10, and uh, that's what I want to read to you this morning. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. God has something special for you. For those who may not know who I am, I'm uh, the el- one of the elders in the church, Dale Schweitzer. I'm just known as Brother Dale. Schweitzer's kind of a hard name to say sometimes, so... Praise God, I've been going by Brother Dale for years, so we're missing our pastor this morning. He is being blessed. He's such a blessing around here. But we have a leadership team here where you'll be ministered to this morning, and God will speak into your heart, into your life, and he'll do something. He will inspire you. Maybe you get, need to hear it some other way than what you've been hearing. Sometimes that's what we need. Hebrews chapter 10, when I began to prepare, God, in the middle of that scripture, he began to uh, speak into, into me, he says, Way down, over half, about halfway or towards the end, it says, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. How does God do that in our life? Amen. How does God become our God? How do we become his people this morning? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for your word and what you're doing right now, God, in our hearts and lives as you're preparing us, God, to receive your word. Let it be uh, food to us, God, but also let it be seeds, Lord, that we can plant in other lives when people come to us as, why would God receive me? Why would God have something to do with me? We can give them the good news of the gospel. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. It is good to see you here this morning. Amen. And we're so excited for what God's doing around, around King's Way. And uh, this morning, as I begin to meditate that, the, I'm going to read the whole verse right now. And the Lord's talking about in verse 10, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of God. And many of us may not have thought about the covenant. God is a covenant-making God. He is a covenant-keeping God. He is a God that has always made covenant with his people. And uh, we'll, we'll maybe look at a little bit of what Israel was a, had covenant with God. There's an old covenant, which we go underneath the covenant of the law and sin and death. But today we're under the new covenant of grace. And grace is meant to empower us. It's meant to redeem us. It's meant to change us. Praise God. Grace is not meant to allow us. <laughs> Sometimes we want permission to do what we want to do, but grace is meant to change us. Because let's read the rest of that verse. God says he's going to make a covenant. After those days, saith the Lord, after the day that God started the church age, after the day that the Holy Ghost was poured out, the church age began and the age of grace was set in. And in that age of grace, people begin to find power and anointing and those things in their life. He says, I will put my laws into their minds. Praise God. I will put my laws into their minds. Praise God. Under the old covenant, they did not have that in their lives. But God says, I'm going to change you so much that I'm going to put my very laws, the things that I want to be working in you, as becomes part of you. See, the covenant we have with God and this grace of God that we have is not just for sin. It's for every area of our life. The covenant that we have with God for Jesus did not just offer his blood, he offered his body, a sacrifice. 
Jesus did not offer for you just a little bit. He offered all that he may affect every area of your mind and your heart and your soul and your very being. He is a redeemer who redeems completely. He does not want to partially bring you out of the world. He wants to deliver you, translate you into the kingdom of his, of his dear son. He wants to translate you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light He wants to bring you liberty. He wants to bring you freedom. He wants to deliver you from the vices and things that's helped your life. Sometimes the only thing we see in the covenant is God brought us out of drugs. Or God brought us out of this sin. Or God delivered us from alcohol. Or God delivered me from whatever. Or maybe God brought me out of anger. God brought me out of uh, all kinds of lusting and all that things that were in my life. Or God brought me out of, but my God did not make a plan, did not make a covenant that is not powerful enough to bring you through everything. So when he says, I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people, the pretext of that is telling you how he wants you to be and how he wants to bring you out. Praise God, you need that this morning? You need to hear that God is bringing everything to you so that you can come out and be his child. See, you're not going to be the old person you were. You're not going to be somebody that is separated from God, somebody that you think God is mad at him. Whenever you take the full experience of the covenant that we have with God, you begin to enjoy all the things that God has for you. You enjoy all the benefits of redemption more than maybe what you've experienced. See, there may be some here this morning who say, man, I'm, drug- I'm struggling. I don't have much in my life. You may even know Christ is your Savior, You may not have had, as they were singing, the blood of Christ applied to your life. See, the blood isn't all of it. The covenant of God is is signed or sealed by his blood. It's in his blood, it says. It doesn't say it's just only concerning the blood because our covenant's also with his body to do with everything that has to do with us, everything he suffered on the cross, from the thorns in his head for the cares of life to the stripes on his back for your healing to to the spear in his side. He said he was wounded for our transgressions. That's our open, that's an open wound, and that was openly for all the things that we openly do against God. If we stand out and rail against God, God is such a God that he will forgive you and redeem you, not just forgive you. I run across many believers, and for years I was that way. I thought God only forgave me, so I had to continually look for that. But God is a God who redeems us from, who changes us, who creates in us something new. That's why you become the purchase of God. You become his. Hallelujah. Sorry, I might get a little bit emotional. God's just moving in some lives right now. God wants to be your God. That's what he said. I want to be your God. See, other gods that's in the world, they only want you to worship him. They only want you to come and make offerings to him. But the covenant we have with God is not that way. He says, I want to be in you. I want to be a father to you. I want to be 
you want to be my child. I want you to be my people. I want you to be the redeemed of the Lord. That's whose past are gone and whose future is sealed in the things of God, who has looking forward to the glory that's in heaven and not at the sins and the things of the, that, have, that have destroyed our life behind us. For those things are set off from us and separated from us that we might be made near. God wants to be your God. I don't know why it is. I always get in the middle of the sermon at the first. But God wants to be your God. And he wants you to be his people. And that's every one of you. The scripture so says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That if you would believe on him, you would receive eternal, everlasting, beginning from that point, life in Christ. And when the life of Christ comes in us, it changes us. Old things are passed away and we become a new creature. A new creature. You are no longer tied to that old man, that old creature. But that's why he says we die with Christ, that we might be severed from that relationship and that, re that condemnation and those penalties and all that pain and all that sorrow that's been in our life. We might be separated it, that we might be truly the redeemed of the Lord who are no longer tied to that, are no longer hooked to that, are no longer connected to that, who are no longer walking in that, but we are walking in Christ Jesus delivered his we become not only a delivered person see i'm not an ex anything i'm the redeemed of the lord and that's how god wants you to see it i'm not an ex so and so i'm a child of god I've been born again of the Spirit of God. I've been put into His kingdom. I'm in the redeemed of the Lord. And in my life is everything that comes forth through God has given me. I am no longer tied to all that that I was before. That may be true, but it's not the truth. Your past may be true, but it's not the truth. Jesus Christ is greater than that because He is the way, the truth, and the light. He is the way out of that past. He is the truth, for he never tells you a lie. He'll never tell you something that he cannot do or is not able to bring you forth and make you glorious. That's why we who were uh, the despised of the world, we who were uh, downcast, we who were lost in sin, we who are doing these things have now become the child of God, the saint, the redeemed of the Lord, and the believer, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. My God is a redeeming God. And he's saying this morning, I want to be your God. I was thinking about the new members of this church. Around here, we're not just going to tolerate you, but we're going to love you. One of our core principles here at Kingsway is everyone is valuable. Whether you believe it or not, we do. Whether you think about yourself or not, 
Maybe all your life things have been told to you. You don't feel like you're valuable. Maybe something happened to you and it's, it's caused you to feel like, man, I am not valuable. I feel so, you know, so terrible about myself, but that's not what God's going to do for you. That's not what God does for you. When a person walks up here and they give their heart to Jesus Christ and they receive of the kingdom of God, receive of the whole thing, say, Lord, all that you have I want to have, and God redeems your life. He purchased you. He makes you set upon the things. You're a saint of God. You're redeemed of the Lord, and you're the one who's able to say, I'm going to stand before the throne of God. Everything is going to be clean in my life. Everything is going to be redeemed in my life, and I'm going to say I am a child of God. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I'm purchased by him. And this is given to us by his blood. As they were singing about the blood this morning, it is the powerful, powerful part of our relation. Not only does God put uh, in your mind, a lot of people, a lot of believers don't understand, God wants to redeem your mind. He wants to change the way you think. And we always, because we are men, we think, God just wants, is just dealing with sin, but that's not true. Totally changed in that you can see yourself as his child. You see yourself as able, he says, come boldly before the throne of grace. See, I look in the book of Revelation, and one day you're going to see around the throne millions and millions of people they're proclaiming God, and they say, who are these? These are the redeemed. These who have come. These are those who have stood. These are those who have said. These are those who have received. They are the redeemed of God. Praise God. The Bible says put on the mind of Christ. Think the way you should think. And that's what he's talking about here. I will put my laws in their mind. And many of you are like I was. That was so foreign. I may be getting older, but I remember when I was 17. That was so foreign. That was so foreign. I couldn't believe my mind would ever get straightened out. I just had the opinion that God was just dealing with sin, but no, he's dealing with us. See, God not only wants to deal with your sins, but he wants to deal with you. And he's not like the idols that you go that can't hear you, or he's not like those that just demand offerings or whatever. He's the God that wants to be there with you. For the scripture was this morning, I will be their God. And that word is true to every one of you. God says, I will be your God. Through Jesus Christ was sent that we all be made welcome, that we all be able to receive, that every one of us can enter in to this relationship with Jesus Christ into the Father. Jesus Christ made that way. For it was impossible under the old covenant to enter in. It was impossible when they made offerings and sacrifices that they could enter in. They could not enter into that because there was not a way to get there. I'll give you a little bit of technical information. Jesus, after he died and was resurrected, He met a lady named Mary Magdalene on the way 
he was get, on his way to go to heaven. And Mary Magdalene, being very close to Jesus, she had followed him for many years, a woman who had been redeemed. The Bible says seven devils had been cast out of her. She had come from a real past, but she wanted to be there with Jesus and touch Jesus. But Jesus said, don't touch me because I've got a, a mission. I've got something very important to do. He was on his way, he said, to go into heaven. And there in the most holy place in heaven, See, this is not the place that was in the earth, the holy place that they had in the tabernacle or the holy place that was in the temple. See, there was a, uh, there was a place where some could come, but then there was a most holy place where only the high priest could enter once a year to uh, give the sacrifice there once a year, that offering for the sins of the people to roll them forward. Jesus did not go in the earthly temple. We went into heaven, and there, once and for all, he offered his blood on the altar on the most holy place in heaven once and for all for the sins of man. Jesus was dealing with our sins so that our sins would not separate him from God. And we all come from the aspect that our sins are separating him. No, Jesus took those away that you might become near to God. Because without that, there was no approaching him. There's no approaching God. But Jesus made that way that you might enter in, that you might receive what Jesus has done upon the cross, that truly he might be your God and you might be his people. And so whenever he did that, then he began to open up many things. He says, I will put my laws in their mind. God says, I'm going to put my word in you. He says that his word, when you read it, will renew your mind. I don't think like I used to think. Now I agree with what the Scripture says. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but walk after the Spirit. See, God is empowering you by making you born again of the Spirit that you might walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Because if we walk after the flesh, we know that brings sin. That brings heartache. That brings pain and suffering. Jesus only experienced that in the flesh. He had extreme pain and suffering in the flesh before you. Jesus suffered for your sins. He suffered for your sicknesses and disease. He suffered for all your shortcomings, for all the things, whether it's iniquity or whether it's hidden sins uh, or whether it's open sins or whether it's sins you don't even know about. Jesus suffered for those. But only that, he come to redeem us and give us other things. This covenant that we have with God is much more broader than that. It is made by blood. It is much more powerful, much more to it than that. And he goes on to say in the next part of it, says, I will write them on their hearts. See, not only that is he dealing with your thoughts, but he's dealing with your emotions. How do you feel when God comes all over you? You feel so loved. You feel so empowered and accepted. Your heart's so joyful. See, God is not just dealing with your 
your sins or your mind, only he's dealing also with your emotions. He's dealing with those stress and cares of life. He's dealing with those lack of love in your life. He's dealing with that things that have always brought you down and always tore you up. He's dealing with that because he wants you to feel loved. He wants you to feel a part of the family. He not only does he make you that, but he makes you a part of the family because we become sons of God. We're not tolerated. We're accepted. Look at two people say, I'm accepted. Can you tell somebody they're accepted? Many times we don't feel accepted. I had an older man come to church one Sunday morning. He got to the back door. He was in his 80s. and He goes over there to the door, and he gets to the edge of it, and he goes. And I said, what's going on? He says, I'm just seeing if the roof's going to fall in if I come in. <laughs> and, the, and the man had been involved in a lot of things and had... Uh, whatever, but he didn't really feel like he could come in. But, but uh, years uh, within a year, he got saved, and it was so precious. He could come in the kingdom of God, but he was looking to see if that roof was going to fall in because he thought that's the way God was going to react to him, but God doesn't react to him. He opens his arms to us. He brings us in. He draws us near to him, and he, he, he's like he wraps his arms around us and loves us. He changes our heart and our mind. He redeems us from all the past and all the things. He, he is a God that has purchased you. He, every bit that it took, every suffering he went through was to purchase you. You're never going to go or be a sacrifice in your life you're going to make that would be equal to or adequate as what Jesus did. A lot of times in our minds are, are not relating to God in the right way, and we think, oh, we got a sacrifice. No, Jesus is the sacrifice. If you could do it better, you've already tried. We've tried self-improvement and failed. We've tried some things and not been able to do it because we fail. But Jesus, he did it right. He did what was needed, what was, had to be done, and what needed to be done, and above what needed to be done, that he might redeem us, that he might purchase us, that he might make us children of God, that we may walk after him. He changes our hearts and our minds. He changes our emotions, our feelings, and the way we are. He causes us to love ourselves. He causes us to love him. He causes us to walk around as a child of God. In Hebrews it says, come boldly before the throne of grace. In Hebrews chapter 4, that you might receive help in the time of need. So you begin to know that whenever something's going into my life, I can go boldly before the throne of God because I'm one of the children of God. I'm a child of God. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I can stand there and say, Lord, this is me. Praise God. You know who I am because I am your child. And God, you're hearing my cry this morning. You're hearing what I'm saying this morning, and you're going to bring me through, God. You're going to deliver me from, God. You're going to bring me out, God, and you're going to cause things to perish. My favorite scripture is Isaiah 55, 12 through 14. It basically says, O Lord my God, other lords have had dominion over me. 
first part says, God, you've ordained peace for me. He says, those other lords, they are dead and they'll not rise. They are defeated. They're, they're not going to rise up again. He says so much that when you, God delivers you, he says, Jesus, visit me and cause their memories to perish. Now, that's redemption. That's redemption when you see yourself no longer as that old man. When you see yourself no longer under condemnation, under sin, but you see yourself as a redeemed under Christ. That's why we're translated. We're not gradually. We have to be translated. In my life, it's always been, I'm here, and then boom, I'm here. I didn't gradually. I just zoom. Now, I may not know what it's all about. But there's something happened in me that changed me, that redeems me. When I hear the Word of God, when I hear some promise of God, and I take it on, there's something that happens to me that, boom, I am over there. I may be like a newborn or a toddler. I may not be walking straight on it yet, but I have received it. It is mine, and I know it in my spirit, man. I have received those things. I have received that redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I have become changed at that moment. When you receive Christ, you're changed at that moment. You become able to receive from God. You that were under the curse, you that were under the pressures, you that were under the sin become the redeemed, the purchase of God, the saint of God, the child of God, the God calls you his beloved. And that's the covenant God has made with you. Because God said this in the covenant. It, it, he said this, and it's here because he it, it said, I will be their God, and they will be my people. God not only knows how to, he is willing and only willing, but he is going to redeem you in every area of your life if you'll stretch out in faith and receive what the word of God, for the word is able, God, God said, to, re, to change us, to deliver us, to make us into that, into fulfillment of that new creature that we receive when we become born again. When you were born into this world, you received the capacity to sin. When you were born into this world, you automatically received the capacity to have the curse in your life. When you were born into this world, because that is what the flesh has. It's, but it's there. The tendency and all that is there to bring you there because you are sold under that until you become purchased by God and become a child of God, born again. That sin nature is in you, working in you, but when you're born again, then comes in the new nature. You begin to be like Jesus. You begin to love people. You begin to love what God is doing in your life. You begin to get the old things passed away in your life, and you begin to walk in the new. You begin to learn how to walk in the things of God. You begin to renew your mind. He says renew your mind by taking heed to the Word of God, by listening to what it says. And you begin to hear that, it begins to change you. When you were always grippy, you become happy. When, when you were always, everything was going wrong, you suddenly, God begins to work in your life and begin to take care of you. When something goes wrong, you're lifted up and you're set on high places and delivered out of it. You go to the next thing and when something else comes, you're an overcomer because the word of God's already worked in you. It's easier to believe. Amen. Praise God. He goes on to say, 
I will be their God and they shall be my people. So they'll not have to teach everyone, his brother saying, know the Lord, for you'll all know the Lord. Every one of you, when you're born again, when you receive Jesus Christ into your life, when you come up and say, Lord, I know, God, that Jesus died on the cross for me, and his death was for all those things I've done. And, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and life. I ask you to receive me this morning. I ask you to cleanse me from all my past and from all those things. And, if, and when the Lord has touched your life and you've been received and you get born again, you, you get up, you're a different person. You're a different way you're going to go. No longer are you going through the old, but you're going through the new. Whenever Christ comes into a man's heart and life, he starts a new way. My father fought against this for years, and uh, I saw for 40 years the kind of Lord deal with him, and he'd really go against it, but when he was uh, 65, one day he reached a point that he, he got ready, and uh, he didn't know it, but God sent somebody by, and he went up and saw him. Anyway, he, he didn't do a whole lot of preaching, but he, because he come there, God spoke to him. Next day, my, it was my brother-in-law who uh, daddy had done many things too, but in, um, on his way, he said, I'm going to come down and see you. I need to get saved. And on the way down, God saved him. And, and I thought about that, and he, he told me one thing, and I know this is the reason why I'm relating this story, because some of you are sitting there thinking what he was thinking. I don't know if he told any of the other kids, but we had a relationship uh, where he looked to me a, a lot in that area, but he said, he said, I could never believe it was for me. That was his whole sticking point. I could never believe God had salvation for me, is what he was saying. I could never believe after all I've done, after all I've said, after all I've worked on, after all I've, you know, ranted and raved, and after all I did and all the things I've caused, I can't believe that it was for me. But one day that man come to a point in his life, and sometimes in our lower points is where we finally turn around and say, Lord, I need some help. And after that, it changed him. After he was saved, he was no longer that person that couldn't believe that God would accept him, that God would forgive him, that Jesus Christ, that what he'd done was powerful enough and sufficient enough for him. See, that's a decision we have to make. Is what Jesus done enough for me? Is what Jesus suffered enough for me? Is the covenant that's in Christ Jesus enough for areas in your life that you're struggling with? Ask yourself that question this morning. Is it enough? If not, what is? If what Jesus done isn't enough, is what you're doing enough? Religion is our approach to God. Jesus is our approach, is God's approach to us. God doesn't use religion. 
He uses relationship. God doesn't use powerless things. He uses something that is so powerful. See, the old covenant wasn't effective, and I hadn't got time to cover all the covenant. The old covenant wasn't effective because it just worked on the outside. And God just doesn't want to work on the outside of a person. God doesn't want to put you in a suit and tie and make you look all good. Haven't you seen those guys? First time you see them in a suit and tie, it's like, whoa, who is that? You might clean up all right, but that's not what God wants to do. God doesn't want to work in you just on your outside. He wants to work on the inside. God doesn't want to work on your past. He wants to deliver you, and so he can work on the inside by putting in you the things of God, by placing in you the things of God, by his spirit being in you, saying, you are a child of God. You're the redeemed of God. You have what God has promised you. There's a, a, a true story about a missionary who was following after Dr. Livingstone, uh, Sir Henry Morgan Stanley. And uh, he went into a certain, he was in Africa where Dr. Livingstone had went through and he was retracing where he went in. Uh, in Africa, he was confronted by a very powerful tribe. And that tribe, the king or the chief or whatever he was, uh, they told the guy that was with him that the only way they could go on is they had a covenant, a blood covenant with them. They weren't going to be able to travel in Africa any further unless they had that blood covenant. And so uh, they explained to him that they would both shed blood and, and they would come into agreement. But before the blood was shed, they exchanged gifts. Dr. Stanley was not in good health, so he always took a goat with him for the milk. A lot of times when you have you know, different problems, stomach problems, everything, they, the goat's milk is good, so they took a goat with them. In Africa, you can't just go to the store. You know what I mean? You're traveling in the jungles and all that. So he took a goat with him. And so the chief wanted the goat. And Dr. Stanley had a, and Sir Stanley had a very difficult time because that was precious to him. Probably of all the things that he had, it was the most important for his life. Probably with what he was going through, it was the biggest thing that he looked forward to every day. It brought the most comfort to him. It brought things into his life. And anyway, he decided he would do that. And uh, they made uh, the covenant and the exchange. And afterwards, he got a tall spear wrapped in copper. And at first, he was not very impressed with his gift because he really needed the goat. That's sometimes how we are when we receive Christ. We don't know what we've got. We're still wanting the goat. And after all, it wasn't even really going to be good to him like the goat was. But it said, nevertheless, the covenant was completed, and then he could go on 
to where he was going. But the very next time his party came and met someone along the way, a very unusual thing happened. The person that met him bowed down before him. He didn't understand this at first until he was told that the chief had given him the symbol of his own authority. Stanley had been worried about losing a goat, but now he could request a whole herd of goats. If you're going to come to Christ, quit worrying about your goat. There's going to be an exchange. God's going to take your past. He's going to take the sins, the iniquities, the hurts, the pains. If you ask him, he'll heal your broken heart. He'll deliver you out of all that's been in your life destroying you. That's what my God does. He's a covenant-keeping God. And he made a covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ for you. And the exchange is he takes the old robe, the Bible says, that was tattered and torn. The old robe had been through so many things. The old robe is what we wore. It's so beat up and torn and, and dirty and all the things in life that has spilled on it and, and tore it up and done those things. He takes that from you and he gives you a new robe of righteousness. He puts around you the robe of righteousness when you receive Jesus. And in that robe of righteousness, you stand before God boldly saying, God, look, I'm the redeemed. I'm the righteous. I have on that robe, Lord, that comes from Jesus Christ. They have taken that old robe from me and all the cursing with it and all the things with it and all the past with it. And you have brought to me a new robe of righteousness. You who were in the image of the devil become in the image of Jesus Christ. You become a son of God. You are born again, a child of God. You're no longer under the curse, but you're underneath blessing now. Just like Dr. Stanley was no longer going to be uh, beaten or whatever or killed by not having able to go on, but once he took that, and the one thing he did, he didn't hide it, but he lifted it up. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And this morning, Jesus is here this morning, and he's drawing souls to you. To him, just like it did there. He's drawing people to him to enter into a covenant with him. In every area of your life, he wants to be to you a God, and he wants you to be his people. He wants you to be the redeemed, the purchase of God, the child of God, those that walk after him. There's many, many names in the Bible that describes what happens to a believer who will take hold of the word of God. He will ride in your very heart and in your emotions will be renewed and be changed. And you'll become emotionally attached to Jesus. You'll become emotionally in love with your family. There where the families were tore up, they come back together. There where things were happening, God purchases that. He brings it back. He delivers us. He heals us. He brings us out of condemnation. He delivers us from our past and puts us into a future with him. Not only the future, but now. Now you become seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You've probably heard these scriptures. In Matthew 26, 8 says, For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. The many is whosoever will believe upon the name of Jesus Christ. Simple as that. All I preach you this morning is simple as that. It begins with, will you believe?
will you receive? Will you become the redeemed of God? If there's some area in your life that you're struggling with, this word's for you. Simple as that. God didn't make it complicated. Religion is confusing. God is very revealing, very open, very easy to understand. Luke twenty-two twenty 20 says, In the same time he took the cup, and after he's eaten, he says, This cup is poured out for you. This is the new covenant in my blood. Revelations, we look at a group that's been through this and who have been redeemed, and they look back and they say, For we were slain and purchased with, for God with your blood, men from every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest unto our God, and they will reign upon the earth. See, God not only wants to do you, but he wants to uh, do you as uh, uh, redeem you, but he wants to make you a priest unto him. He makes you someone who is close to him, someone who is knowledgeable in him and his ways, someone who understands what's going on, someone who knows him. See, we're not just about forgiveness of sin. We're about knowing God. We're not just about God, someone up there in heaven that's separate from us, but Jesus, Emmanuel, means God with us. That's one of the names of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God has come down out of heaven and come down to men and died for the sins of man and hung on the cross, went to the grave, went to hell with those sins that they may be left there forever. And then he has changed them in the new birth. You become a new creature. You're born again. You're changed to be like him, inside and out. Because God didn't want an outside renewal. He wants an inside and out. I've seen people who have been saved. One lady in particular, God delivered and she didn't recognize herself. She had been so tangled up with the things of the devil in her life. She had been so abused, so hurt, that she had lost who she was. The devil had so rampaged her life that she just couldn't even see her. She wasn't who she was. But the day she received Jesus Christ... The first time she looked into a mirror, she saw the change. She was no longer that abused woman as a child. She was no longer the person that had walked in the door. She was a new creature in Christ. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. God is speaking. He began to speak from the very first. He began to say to some people, and I want to just invite you up, if you want to receive Jesus Christ in your life, if there's something that is 
so devastated. I want you to come forward, and we want to have prayers, Sister Pam and elders and the prayer team get ready. Hallelujah. We want to pray with these that come. For God begin to speak into our lives and other needs too that you may have. But, but especially to those that God's been speaking to this morning, you say, Brother Dale, I want that in my life. I need that in my heart and life. I've been so in, in suffering and so much pain and agony but I am desiring right now to become a child of God, the redeemed, the purchase of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If the prayer team will just line up across here, Christina and some of the other ones that want to come, and we're going to have prayer. Come to one of these, and we want to pray with you. Praise God. Don't be afraid. These people know how to pray. If there's others on the prayer team that need to come, hallelujah, we're going to be praying with you this morning. And God is bringing hearts this morning. I want to speak to those that are going through something in life, maybe something in particular. If you're, if you're ready for the redemption of God, walk on up here right now. If you're saying, I'm ready for a change in my life, I'm ready for things to be different, come on up right now. If you've had trouble believing, God could do it for you. It is this morning just like it was for my father. And in my father's arms in heaven, my heavenly father's arms are open wide to you. He says, come up and join this family of God. Come up and be a part of this, this kingdom of God. Come up and join in for God is going to invite you this morning. And for those of you who are struggling in a certain area, I want you to come up and you begin to have prayer for you too. We want to pray for you that need deliverance, God. You've had pain and agony in your life you've not seen and had that that God is going to renew you in every area of your life. 